Hi, guys. Welcome to Touch by Prayer. Man, it's been a while. It has been um, two months since I've been on. I'm so excited to be back with you guys. I've missed you. I have so many exciting guests and so many things planned for year six. Year six of Touch by Prayer. I have been doing this. That's crazy, right? But God is so good. He keeps bringing new people and new experiences and new ways of, of showing the many facets of him at, because I see him as a diamond. And so we get to see all these different parts of, of God and we get to see it and hear it through the different stories and the different testimonies and all my incredible guests. So I hope that you guys are excited about about what God is going to do, because let me tell you something, he is doing things. So share this broadcast with your friends, share this with um, people, because tonight we're going to, we're going to talk about a serious subject. And this is something that I think a lot of people are starting to, uh, to see, we're seeing it in the news. We're, we're seeing uh, different things getting exposed. We're seeing that people are coming out of the closets. We've had the Me Too movement where women are like, this has happened to me and now I'm starting to talk about it. We have different people. We have, um, I think even Corey Feldman, which is, um, one of the uh, very big stars from the 1980s who is coming out about the sexual abuse that he has dealt with as a, a young child actor. And so there's all these exposings that are going on. And one of the things that really happens, is it says in the Bible that, that God will actually go to his church first. And so that has been happening. But a lot of the things that we don't understand is that a lot of that stuff's been hidden and God is actually pulling back the blanket and he's exposing things. And I just want to say this. I want to preface what about what um, a good father does. A good father exposes things because he wants to restore things. He wants to stop the behavior and he wants to make them better. God never does things the way that Satan does things where he condemns and he tries to um, annihilate people. That is not the father's heart. The father's heart in showing people what they're doing when, when he's convicting somebody, it's because he loves them and he loves them with such a passionate love that he knows it's not their best. He knows that this is going to be a pitfall and this is something that's going to be detrimental for them. So I, I just wanted to preface that as you know, we start to hear different things. And as we start to see these things that are being exposed, we need to pray for these people because they, this is something that as God, God said to me, he says, if you don't deal with your stuff privately, I'm going to deal with it publicly. And that was something he gave to me back in 2019. And when he started to say that the exposing is going to come. And so I just want you to, to pray for these people because God Trust me, if it's being exposed publicly, it's because God has dealt with them privately first. And one of the things, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight, is sometimes we want to sit in our place because it's a comfortable place. And sometimes we want to sit there because we just don't want to get healed. So that's that's some of the things. And we're going to talk about that more. But I'm so excited. I have... Um, Jake Kale on my show. And I'm so excited. I started to, I actually met him in Lancaster. No, I actually met him in Mechanicsburg at uh, Global Awakening. And uh, I started to kind of follow some of his stuff. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And then he started talking about this book and it's Hypocrisy Exposed. And I was like, huh, that's a really good book. And I love the fact that it had a mask because 
that's what we're pulling off because I had a vision in 2018. I was actually getting ready for work and I saw the father and he started to show me different political figures and I saw his hand come and he pulled off their almost like their faces, but their faces were a mask and below the mask was all their stuff. And I was like, whoa. And he said, no longer will, will they be able, no longer will unrighteousness be able to be hidden behind righteousness. That's what he said. And so he said, I am pulling off the mask. So when I saw this book, Hypocrisy Exposed, I said, ha, I need to read this book. And I'm so glad that I did because it's definitely has given me some insight. There's healing in it, but there's also um, a greater level of um, understanding that we need to walk in further, especially as we're going into 2020 and beyond. So without further ado, I just want to introduce you guys um, to Jake Kale. Hi, Jake. Thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. I'm sorry for such a long intro, but I just wanted to really kind of give people an understanding of um, this awesome book. And you've written many books, actually. And you also have a podcast on charisma. So we're going to talk about that because just in case Sean is listening, <laughs> I'm going to plug that. So why don't you just introduce my audience to, to you and just give a little bit of a background if that's okay? Yeah. Hey, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me on the, uh, the broadcast tonight. I'm excited to be here. Um, and I'm, I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania with my, uh, with my wife and kids and uh, serve um, as, a, as a pastor of Threshold Church, also do uh, writing and, and, and ministry and other things as well. Um, you mentioned the podcast there with Destiny Image, actually. On the oh, podcast. sorry. Is it, is it coming through? Yes, you're coming through fine. Okay, great. Go ahead. Great. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell if it, was, uh, if it was on there. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to be on today's show. I'm honored to be your guest here, and I look forward to connecting with your, um, your audience and sharing some things that the Lord's put on my heart for, for tonight and for this whole topic of hypocrisy exposed. It's a sobering topic, and it's really not a topic I ever saw myself diving into, but the Lord just through a series of circumstances sovereignly began to lead me in this direction. And I do believe it's an important message for the body of Christ in this time. I do believe it's a very significant message for the season that we're in. Uh, it is a time of exposure, but like you said earlier, it's it's for the purpose of bringing solutions, for the purpose of bringing, uh, you know, healing, justice, restoration, uh, freedom uh, to people. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just very glad to be on here to be able to share more about about that journey and um, you know what it's about. That's awesome. Well, okay, so I've read the book, and there are there's so many wonderful uh, bits and pieces because you really kind of go back down. And one of the things that you really kind of talk about is that this uh, the hypocrisy is something that was biblical because, you know, one of the things that you compared it to was kind of narcissism. Mm -hmm. And and if anybody's been on Facebook, especially in the last two years, there's been a narcissistic rage that's been going on. Everybody was talking about yeah. it. And, yeah. you know, it was like, huh, okay. So, you know, there was all this stuff and all these things coming. And But what I loved is that you really kind of broke it down and you tried to explain because, you know, there are so many times that we call somebody a hypocrite, but it's really not the truth. 
Yeah. It, they're missing it. They're, they're, they're not a hypocrite. They're just missing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. so I wanted you to kind of explain the difference and the true meaning behind yeah. that, because I think that kind of sets the whole book into motion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're right. I think we, we, we throw that term around, you know, hypocrite, hypocrisy, and without really knowing what it means, Jesus told us to be aware of hypocrisy. In Luke 12, he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. And um, I never really knew what the word meant. Um, I was going through a series of situations where I was just needing extra discernment, extra wisdom. I was crying out to the Lord. And uh, one morning in prayer, I just got a, a real download from the Holy Spirit, a real revelation on the true nature of what hypocrisy actually means and what it doesn't mean. And a lot of that came from uh, Matthew 23, where Jesus over and over again talked. He was talking to the Pharisees, but he was saying, you know, woe to you, Pharisees, uh, hypocrites. He kept using the word hypocrites. And there was um, a section in there in verse like 25 to 28, where he said that there were like whitewashed tombs, which meant that they portrayed something outwardly, but it covered something dark inwardly. And then he said that there were like uh, cups that were, you know, they cleaned the outside of the cup but the inside was full of filth. And so when I, when I began to connect those dots um, and I began to understand that the actual word hypocrite in the Greek language, it actually means actor. It actually means somebody who is acting. So uh, it has to do with somebody who is portraying something outwardly that's pleasant and nice and holy, righteous outwardly, but it's for the purpose of hiding darkness inwardly. And it's hiding, you know, what's going on behind the scenes and uh, covering up um, for things that are that are dark. And so that's really what I what I understood is that hypocrisy. It's not when a righteous person falls into sin. It's actually more of a person that is has an evil intention, an evil heart, but they're actually covering it good. They're portraying themselves as good in order to hide uh, evil. So it's, it's actually more like a, a right, it's, 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 it's not a righteous person who sins. It's more an evil person who's pretending to be good uh, to deceive people. So it's very deceptive. It's very dark. Um, and uh, it's uh, doing a lot of damage really in, in our churches and our, in our lives um, around us. Well, and that's one of the things that, um, that I really appreciated about this book is that you really kind of talk about that there are people who are doing things and it's really about intent. And that was one of the things that the Lord, when he started to kind of give me this understanding about what was coming, he started to talk about that. He's not worrying. He's not looking at the motivation behind what people are doing. He's looking at the intention behind the motivation. What is the intent? Because we can do things for good reasons. And that was one of the things I loved about it. Cause you talked about it, that they, that, that somebody who is operating in this, that they know the right words to say, they know the right prayers to say, they know they, they and it looks, it all looks so good because, yeah. you know, like, so they're motivated, they're motivated and it looks like their motivations are good, you know, but it's the intent behind those motivations. And yeah. that's what the Lord, yeah. he knows everything that we're doing. And you talked about that. He knows everything that we're thinking and he knows every reason we're doing something. So it's like we can't hide from God. Yeah. I mean, if, if but, you read the Psalms, that's all David ever talked about. Where can I go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly right. I mean, he's, yeah, he, sees, he sees right through the mask. I mean, hypocrisy, I, I put the mask on the, 
on the cover because um, it's it, it's fitting with with uh, what what the word means because in that time period when actors would be on a stage they would wear a mask in order to be in character in order to portray something you know for the for the for the care for the play for the show that they were in and so yeah it it, it really is about the um, a mask in order to portray certain certain things um, but yeah it's the the intention is so so right on there um, and it, it just it helps explain why or how um, darkness can actually hide within the church, you know, um, and some of the things that are being exposed, like you said, where there's been scandals or, um, you know, examples of sexual abuse in the church, uh, domestic abuse in the church, um, false prophets hiding in the church, things like that. It just really explains how could this happen for so long? How could it go on? Um, and if we understand the nature of hypocrisy and how it works, it actually really puts language to it and explains how this could happen. I've had so many people that have read the book that have reached out to me and said that explained my situation, you know, that mm. explained, that explained the situation I was in or that explained, you know, the person I was dealing with, unfortunately, maybe it was a spouse or, you know, a, a situation of domestic abuse or, um, um, you know, manipulation, deception, sexual abuse. It just, it, it, it explains it in a way that actually um, brings light to, to it and to how it perpetuates in the church. Well, and that's the whole thing is that God, who is, you know, he wants the truth and he wants to shine the light. And one of the things that, you know, I love that you have so much scripture to back what you're saying, where it says that they love the darkness, you know, and how they hide, you know, they like to hide because they don't want to be exposed yeah. because if they get exposed, then they have no more power. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like when you, when you get exposed, it's like, no, it's like uh, Glinda, the good witch and the wizard of Oz. She's like, be gone. You have no power here. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I know who you are. I got your number. You got no power here. Yeah. Beat it, you know? Yeah. And, it, yeah. and so when you get that, but I think that, um, especially because so many people, um, have these, um, and it, and it comes out of wounding. I do want to, I do want to bring that up that the, these people are really doing this because they're wounded and they're hurt. And so we, we can pray for them, but we can pray for them afar. I'm sorry to say, you know what I mean? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray from over here and you just stay right there, you know, because sometimes it's dangerous to get too close, especially yeah. when, um, you know, when, when somebody is operating out of a spirit that is not of God. And yeah. so you need, that's where discernment kicks in. Yeah. Be because the discernment, discernment is the, the understanding of what spirit is operating. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, people are like, well, I have discernment. I can tell when someone's lying. No, you want, well, you might because you're under picking up at the lying spirit, mm -hmm. but it's about yeah. spirits. It's about what is actually in, in full function as opposed to like their lips are moving, but I can see what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah. I mean, one of the reasons I wrote the book is to help increase wisdom and discernment because that was the journey for me personally. I was crying out to God for wisdom. I was in these different situations and there was a lot of manipulation. There was mm -hmm. slander. There was just, you know, deception Ugh. was going on for a long period of time. And I, I just, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was crying out to God for wisdom, for discernment. And I started making a daily prayer. God, make me wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove which Jesus told us in Matthew 10. And I'd never thought about 
that scripture before that a whole lot, never really considered the importance of it or why, you know, about praying that. Um, but in the situations I was in, I just, I needed discernment. I needed wisdom to know what I was dealing with because it was just beyond anything I'd ever experienced. And, um, and I was, I was immersing myself in the Proverbs and just crying, crying out to God. Um, and that was when this started to happen. So I really, um, I believe we've been too naive sometimes to the nature of, of evil. Um, we don't really necessarily want to believe that, that, that people that profess to be believers are capable of these kind of things. We don't want to believe that there's wolves in sheep's clothing because that's not a nice thing to think about. Um, we don't want to think that that's happening in our churches or, you know, we, we, we want to believe the best and that's good. You know, we want to have a heart, you know, we, we don't want to be paranoid. We don't want to be suspicious, of course. And that's, but I think, I think there's two ditches. One side is to be paranoid or suspicious. We don't want that. But the other ditch on the other side is if we're too naive and we don't recognize that there is actually uh, this stuff out there, there is wolves in sheep's clothing and there is, um, you know, there, there, there are situations that need discernment and boundaries, like you said, where we need to like make, you know, we need to have boundaries, we need to have space. And we're not just supposed to allow this stuff to continue uh, and just enable, you know, ongoing destructive behavior to happen. So, um, yeah, I think I think God's highlighting that right now for, for the church that to increase discernment, increase wisdom. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, if we if we can discern, OK, if we become um, if we become better equipped, I'm going to use that word. If we yeah. can become better equipped at using discernment in in even our everyday life. If we can start to use that, because I think that we kind of have been mistaught as far as about discernment, because one of the things that, you know, people will say is, oh, well, we're supposed to, you know, we're supposed to give and we're supposed to forgive and we're supposed to allow and we're supposed, and there is a truth to that, but there also is the, there's a reason that we have discernment. There's mm -hmm. a purpose for it because even, even like when Jesus, when he was walking with Peter and Peter wanted to call down fire onto this town that was rebuking them, Jesus said, you know, not what spirit you are operating in. You mm -hmm. know, not what spirit because Jesus immediately picked up that. Whoa, this is, this is not good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he rebuked Peter. Yeah, yeah. Called him out. And Peter, of course, was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. We have to we have to come into a place where we can be like, like I, I was at um, a service. I was at a service and I was watching this this individual because I've been praying. That's one of the prayers I prayed was, Lord, give me give me better discernment. Yeah. Help me with my discernment. I've been praying that for a while now. And uh, so I was at this, um, I was at this service and there was a speaker and she was speaking and there was this other woman and she, this woman was, <laughs> she was sitting in her chair and she was going, ha, 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 ha. That's what she was doing. And I'm watching and ha, ha. And people are thinking she's filled with the joy. And I'm like, that ain't God. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah. 
Uh, that's not God. And then after I said that, she roll, she fell out of her chair and started rolling on the floor back and forth, back and forth. And that's when the people came over and they picked her up and they escorted her. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't, but see, so quickly people were giggling and thinking, oh, she's filled with the joy of the mm -hmm. Lord. It's mm -hmm. like, yeah, not so much. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> and that's that I think that's why God is also using um he's also exposing things so we can see yeah. like where we missed it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's good. Very good. Yeah. So, um, okay, I wanted to also ask you, okay, so you, you talk about the, um, like we were talking a little bit about like the, the narcissism, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I feel that narcissism is just, it's like the politically correct word <laughs> for basically, you know, but, but same with narcissism. Narcissism comes from trauma. Yeah. It comes yeah. from wounds. So, and it's not like people are born narcissists. So if anybody thinks that they're born, they were born a narcissist, not so much. Mm -hmm. It's because of wounds and stuff. And so you kind of um, also try to, to give people um, one word that you loved was boundaries. Yeah. <laughs> how to, how to have boundaries with someone who is, is starting to display some of these yeah. behaviors. Yeah, well, I think it's uh, um, I think the whole the whole topic of narcissism is something that that is really being highlighted right now. And um, obviously the, the word narcissist or narcissism is not found in the Bible, but the concept is the concept is is there. Uh, and and one of the examples is um, I think it's Second Timothy three, where it talks about in the last days, uh, there'll be perilous times. And it goes through this whole list of things. But the first thing it says is that people will be lovers of themselves. And that's really the foundation of, of narcissism. It's, it's the worship of yourself. It's the elevation of yourself to such a degree that, that you become um, callous to others. Uh, there's no empathy. There's no ability to, um, to actually care about the damage you do to other people. And it happens through a series of events or choices or circumstances over time. But um, at the end of that list that Paul mentions in 2 Timothy 3, he says, avoid such people. Uh, he, he actually says that's 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 his kind of closing statement about that is he actually says that we should actually avoid such people. So he, he's actually giving a, um, a a statement that we that we should actually make a boundary with people when there's ongoing behavior. Obviously, you know, we don't want to be flippant or we don't want to just write people off quickly. But when you see an ongoing pattern where it's where it's irrational, where there's no ability to actually have healthy communication, where there's patterns of manipulation and abusive behavior and deception, uh, it, it gets to the point where we have to begin to um, establish some boundaries. And that, that's going to look different with different situations and different, uh, and different um, scenarios, different types of relationships. But I think sometimes when people have gone through traumatic events, people maybe that have been abused, sometimes they don't realize that they're allowed to have boundaries. They think that that it's wrong to have boundaries or then they're not being forgiven. But you can you can extend forgiveness, but you can also maintain boundaries at the same time. And uh, forgiving is 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 yeah, the posture of our heart that we need to have toward people. But that doesn't mean we need to allow ourselves to continue to be in situations where being where we're being abused continually um, and just taken advantage of continually. So I think it's an important topic that all healthy relationships have boundaries. 
Um, but especially when we're getting into situations where there's destructive behaviors and ongoing type things like that, then it's so important to be able to identify that so we can we can set some healthy boundaries and and look for fruit of genuine repentance, not just an apology that says I'm sorry to get out of it and then the behavior continues. Uh, it's 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 it, that's that's one of the characteristics of hypocrisy is false repentance. And we see that with King Saul. He apologized to David when David cut the garment and didn't, you know, David could have killed Saul, but, but he didn't. And so Saul apologized. He even wept. He said, David, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, you're more righteous than I, you know, come back and this and that. But then uh, just, just another chapter later, he was already um, trying to kill David again. So there wasn't genuine repentance. So, um, so setting boundaries allows us to see, is there fruit of repentance or is it just, uh, I'm, I'm giving an apology just to get out of this, right? I, yeah, I feel bad because I got caught. I have to save face, right? So that's part of our increasing in discernment. But I think, I think the topic of narcissism will continue to you know, be highlighted because, because uh, it's um, something like that's, that's being exposed and being brought to light. And there's a very close connection between narcissism and hypocrisy. They really go hand in hand because they both have to do with portraying an outward persona, a public persona that's very different than a private reality. That's, mm. one of the, that's, that's one of the characteristics of hypocrisy and narcissism is the public persona that you portray is very different than, your, than the private reality that you're, that you're living. Um, and so uh, I think God's giving us more keys for that and more wisdom for that and um, yeah, bringing more light to those, those areas. You know, when you were talking about the tears, um, I actually heard, um, I heard crocodile tears. Yes. <laughs> and yes. if you think about a crocodile's tears, um, I always think of, you know, the Leviathan spirit mm -hmm. because it twists and turns things. And so it manipulates. So yeah. that's kind of what I started to see is that, you know, it's also part of uh, manipulation, because when you are being manipulated, well, the, the whole thing is that, you know, any type of, if you think about witchcraft, witchcraft is, is intimidation. Yep. Um, and it's also manipulation. Yep. And then if that doesn't work, then it becomes domination. Yeah, that's right. So those, those are the three things. So if you start to, if you have a relationship where there's some intimidation and then there's some manipulation and then there's some domination, yes. you're dealing with some witchcraft. That's Sorry. Exactly right. that is exactly <laughs> you know, right. and it, and, you know, this is the thing, you know, one of the things that you said is no compromise. Yeah. Because you, you talked about that later in the book and you talked about like there is no compromise. And that's one of the things that's like when the rubber meets the road, you have to decide which part of the line you're on. Are you going to be on team Jesus or are you going to be on team man? Yeah. Yeah. And that's where it hits. And so, you know, having a conversation with somebody about this or or having a broadcast or writing a book like this, this is going to pull and it's going to trigger some stuff, but it has to be said yeah. because there's a truth in it and the truth will set you free. Yeah. And so as we start to discuss these things and, you know, they start to come up, it's starting to bring a conversation so that things can't be hidden. Yeah. That's all this is about. It's about like... Yeah. Ali Al and Oxen free come on out because now we're going to start talking about your stuff. Yeah. 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 You know, so yeah. go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah. I was going to say, well, so much, so much the, 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 there's been a tendency within the church culture to cover, um, cover things. Just let's just take example, sexual abuse. 
has been a major problem in the church. And it's not just, you know, the Catholic church. We hear about the scandals that have happened in the Catholic church, but it's not just, it's, it's across denominations. It's in, it's in um, Pentecostal charismatic. It's in, in Southern Baptist. It's in really, it's, it's non-denominational, but, but the problem is not just, not just that those things have happened and are happening, but it's then the cover up and it's the, the hiddenness and the silencing of, of those who have been victims and and then it just perpetuates it's been a cycle that's perpetuating and that's what that's part of what god is bringing to light right now is that he is um it says in luke 12 right when he says beware of the leaven of the pharisees which is hypocrisy for nothing is hidden that will not be exposed it will not be brought to light so he's saying hypocrisy will eventually be exposed when there's things that have been covered up in darkness things that have been hidden those things will eventually be be brought to light um, and, and that's, I think it's the, the church is, it's, it's becoming now, it's almost like there's a tipping point coming where the, the broader body of Christ is now realizing, okay, we, we really need to actually deal with this stuff. It's, 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 this has been going on for years and decades and all this time. And now it's time to, um, now it's time that these things will be bringing, bringing them uh, to light. Um, no, and I, I definitely agree with that because as, as things, as we said earlier, when things come to light, then they can be dealt with. You yeah. can't go clean a house in the dark. Sorry. Yeah. You got to clean a house when it's bright light, you know, and if, and sometimes you have to go get a flashlight to go yeah. see the, you know, the crumbs. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we've been in this place where it's like, well, if it doesn't affect me, if it doesn't bother me, then I really don't think I have anything to do with it. No. You so do. You can. There are things that we can do. We can pray for things to be exposed. Yeah. Come on. That yeah. was one of the things that you talked about. Is yeah. that you did a prayer? You went to a church and you prayed for stuff to get exposed. And guess what? It got exposed. And it got exposed from somebody who actually attended yes. the prayer meeting. Yeah, so Come yeah, on. I can share about, yeah, I can share about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was that was about a year, no, um, about just over a year ago. It was the first time I, I I did a full message on exposing the nature of hypocrisy. I was at a I was at a ministry and um, I did a I did a full message on it and just really just kind of give a summary of what was I had I hadn't written the book yet, but but it was similar content. And at the end of that message, yeah, I led the group of people in a time of intercession. And we were just crying out to God, God, you know, expose what's been hiding in darkness, uh, not out of vindication, but out of a heart for those that are being affected by it. You know, when Jesus came out against hypocrisy in Matthew 23, he was saying, woe to you, you know, Pharisees. But he was saying, you know, you, uh, you, you, you devour widows' houses. You know, you, you're, you're hurting people. You're, you're hurting innocent people. You're keeping people out of the kingdom of God. So it's from that heart posture of God. Um, you know, expose these things for the sake of those that are being damaged and hurt and abused. And so we were crying out to God. We were, we were just asking God in, our, in the region that we were in for things to be brought to light. And it, it must have been just a couple weeks later, I saw an article on, uh, on Facebook, on social media, that a person had been arrested for, um, for sexually abusing uh, a young girl over a period of uh, a couple years and I was I was blown away and shocked because I recognized the person's face, um, and he had been literally in that meeting that night, that very night that I had released that message, and that we had interceded for things to be covered or uncovered and brought to light. Um, he he was actually in that meeting, and 
Um, he was somebody that, you know, would attend conferences and he attended a church and he operated, you know, in a, he would have a prophetic gift, you know, so it was, this was, you know, this was all going on for a long period of time behind the scenes. And, um, uh, you know, God, God brought, brought it, brought it up. But, you know, like, um, like you said, I think earlier that, that God will, um, I can't remember if this is before the broadcast and we were talking, but, but God will do everything he can to deal privately first. You know, yep. God gets God, 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 God gives us opportunities to repent. He convicts with his Holy Spirit. He brings other people along to point stuff out, to confront stuff. He will, he will give us time. He wants us to come to repentance. He wants us to come to the light. He wants us. And if we continually push back his conviction, push back those times where it's being brought to, to light, eventually it will come to a point where, where it'll have to be, you know, publicly uh, brought out, um, but that's not his first choice. When when something come becomes public, you can know that there was a lot of stuff that that, that led up to that, where he, God was trying to deal with that individual or situation uh, for 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 a period and giving opportunities to uh, to repent. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's that that is something we can do is partnering with him right now in intercession, you know, for things to be uncovered that 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 need to be, so so that God can come in to bring healing and uh, redemption and justice in those situations. Well, I think that's one of the things that we're seeing, especially right now with uh, the child trafficking, sex trafficking and human trafficking, that you have a lot of people who are intercessors who pray and who are asking for those things to be exposed and to be uncovered, to get the rings open, to, you know, to show the people, you know, there are people who are, are, fighting battles, like when they're sleeping, they're having, um, where they're, they're being transported, you know, in the night mm-hmm. where God is using them to go and to intercede or to do things, you know, God is always wanting to restore. Even like, if you can think of the worst of the worst of the worst, God's heart is always to get that person back, but it always comes down to choices. And I think you and I were talking about before the show that there's the scripture that everybody uses. Well, remember, we battle not with flesh and blood, but the powers of principalities in the heavenlies. Okay. I get that. I totally understand that. And I know that, you know, people, you know, sometimes are doing things, but they have a choice. Yes. Yeah. They have a choice. People have choices. And so you can choose to do the good thing or you can choose to do the not so good thing. I used to tell that to my kids. I I would tell them. We're getting ready and going to school. And somebody started off with a a crazy attitude. I'm like, hey, who are you working for today? You want to work for God? You want to work for the devil mm-hmm. because right now you're not working for God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to make those choices. You have to be, that's why Jesus always says, you know, above all things, guard your heart. Because if our heart gets hardened, then that means we're not going to be able to quickly forgive. If yeah. our heart gets hardened, we're not going to be able to hear him as, as good as we did. That's what happened with Saul, right? Mm-hmm. He, yeah. he hardens his heart. Yeah, And so as his heart got hardened and the harder it got, it said that the spirit of the Lord was taken from him and then yeah. he became angry and yeah. then he became, and then all these other things, yeah. to, you know, started to pop up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's a, um, it's, it's, it's dangerous to, to harden our hearts over time or to reject the light that God's bringing. Um, you know, when, when God brings light, it, it makes us responsible to respond, you know, to that, to that light. And yes, it's true that our battle is not against 
flesh and blood. That means that that we don't make treat people as as enemies, but people are involved in the equation, and and there is such a thing as people who have um, hardened their hearts or have a conscience that's been seared. That's one of the things I addressed in the book that Paul talks about, where where a person's conscience can be seared, and so their 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 conscience isn't functioning as it should. So people can can have an evil heart over time because of the choices they've made, because of the decisions they've made, because of not walking in repentance. Um, it's possible for people to be, um, you know, dealing with uh, those types of things. And that was one of the things that, that God really brought to my attention through this whole process, because I've been involved with deliverance ministry for years. I mean, for the last almost 15 years, um, you know, my wife and I have been involved with, with deliverance. And so we have a heart to see people set free. We have a passion to see people delivered from demonic influence. And, um, but at the same time, if a person doesn't want to be free and they're not walking in repentance, then, then there's not much you can do to help that person. And it's kind of like Judas. I mean, Judas was around Jesus for three years, but he still never got delivered, so to speak, because, because he lived in that double life deception over time. And so, uh, it does, um, you know, we, we, we do have to come to grips with with the fact that um, that people can go down a path over time that just um, where they where they they've, they've given themselves over to certain things, and it's not easy to just, you know, it's, it's not a quick prayer of deliverance. It's you know there there has to be a really deep work of genuine repentance, and um, and you know people can go down that path for so long that it really gets harder and harder to get off that path. And, and even sometimes it's, they, they can't get off that path or they won't, you know, they won't uh, over time. So uh, it's, 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 it's a sobering reality, but something that I think we need to really be aware of and, and alert to. Well, and you were talking about that path. And um, one of the things that I saw, I think it was last year, towards the end of last year, I actually saw these two paths. And I've, I've spoken about this before, but I saw these two paths. And one path is the path of righteousness. And one path is the path of unrighteousness. And so one is God's path and one is man's path. And so they're going together. They're going together. But then I saw this split. And when it split, it literally went into like a V. And then it got wider and wider and wider and wider. And the Lord said to me, he says, when the path split, he says, it's going to be nearly impossible for the people who are on the wrong path to cross over. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that you talked about in your book, because I was trying to figure out, I'm like, well, God is a God of repentance, but yep. see, it's like with even Saul, like you yep. will go back to the whole Saul thing. Yeah. He he became so angry. He became so bitter. He became so jealous and envious of David that the only thoughts he had were to kill. So yeah. there was nothing that anybody could do. I mean, he went as far as much as to go and raise Samuel from the dead through a witch. Yeah. That's how desperate he was yeah. to get his way. Yeah. And yeah, so there exactly. was no repentance. Yeah. Yep. And so it wasn't that God wanted, was mad at him. It's right. that, that Saul went off on his own thing. And when, yes. when he called Samuel back, Samuel rebuked him and Samuel yep. loved him because yep. God even said to Samuel, when are you going to stop grieving? Yeah. 
Exactly. Because yeah. it's painful. So so God understands yeah. these things and his heart is to restore always, always, yeah. always. But yeah. some people don't want to be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, um, by the way, if, if it gets, the, my, my light in my office is flickering a little bit. So sometimes it gets brighter. Sometimes it gets a little darker. I hope it's okay. That's okay. Hope that's all right. We'll, we'll just say that the angels are playing with it. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's something that can be misunderstood. I think we, we just kind of have had this idea that, that, um, that, you know, we can always just repent any, any time. And there's truth to that, right? We, God, God wants us to repent. God doesn't want anyone to perish, right? He wants all to come to repentance. But there's also this, this reality that when a person um, rejects the light, rejects the conviction of the Holy Spirit, darkens, their heart becomes darkened. And in Romans 1, it talks about that when, it, when, when, when people rejected who God was, it said they knew, that they, they knew God, but they, they refused to acknowledge him as God. And, and so they were rejecting the light they were given. Hebrews 6 talks about the person that was enlightened. You know, they were once enlightened. They tasted the good word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, all those things. And then it said they, and then they fell away. And then it says it's impossible for them to come back to repentance. That's a very sobering, very sobering word. And that, that's not talking about a one-time decision where a person just you know, made a decision. That was a, there's a series of choices over a prolonged period of time. And I, I don't know when a person gets to that point, but it is important to understand that that point does exist. There is that, there is such a condition like that. And uh, there are examples throughout scripture of people that ended up in, in a condition like that. I think Pharaoh was an example. I think Saul's an example. I think Judas was an example. I think Esau, there's different examples where it talks about, it was impossible for them to come back to that place of repentance. And, um, and I think that's important when people are dealing, like, let's say, like, let's say a, a domestic abuse situation where let's say, it's a, let's, let's say there's an abusive husband and a wife is not, not, not sure what to do. And she's, she's praying for breakthrough. She's, she, she, you know, she doesn't want to get a divorce. She doesn't want to. Um, and she's, um, but sometimes, sometimes, um, it's actually freeing to, to realize that this person actually might not ever change. Uh, the person might not actually ever change. And I need to start um, understanding that. And so I can actually begin to see, see through a different lens and have, have wisdom and discernment to know how do I, you know, what do I do from here? How do I set boundaries from here? Um, because that, that, that is a sobering reality that you know, some people might not ever change. And we've just been taught to just hang on and just, um, you know, pray for breakthrough. And yes, that's true. We pray for breakthrough. We, um, but sometimes we're in this cycle, ongoing cycle of years and years and years and years and years. Um, and, and we kind of need to change the, um, the strategy because, um, we're, we're kind of been taken for a ride here. And that's, that's actually one of the things that happens with abusive relationships, whether it's domestic abuse, whether it's, sexual abuse or abuse in a church situation, there tends to be a cycle. And part of that cycle might be what appears to be change, what appears to be repentance. And that was, that was King Saul. He, 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 he looked like he was repentant. He, he said the right words. He, he used apologies, but there was no fruit. There was no actual fruit of repentance. And, uh, and so instead of going in that cycle over and over and over again, um, we can actually look at it from a different perspective and say, okay, I might need to change how I'm seeing this and what strategy I need to do in order to actually 
um, get, get healing, to actually get healed, to actually get restored and to be able to move forward with my life. So I'm not just caught in this never ending cycle. Well, and I think also one of the things that you said is that um, hypocrites um, actually look for, or and even narcissisms, they narcissists they look for people who they know have like they they actually zero in on them that they have something that they want yeah. that they want to control them mm -hmm. that they want or that there is always a gain for them. Yeah. They, they, they don't pick people just because that person was there. No, no, no. They're very, very strategic. It's kind yeah. of, if you really think about it, it's kind of like a lion. Yeah. You yeah. know, when the lion is out and it's grazing, it puts its sight on something. And once its sight is locked on something, it doesn't move. It doesn't change. But it waits for the right opportunity to go and get it. Right. It it just – so it doesn't matter if there's something easier or something. No, no, no. Once its eyes are set on something, that's it. It's a done deal. That thing, it's that it's marked its, its, uh, its, its territory. So that's mine, and I'm going to go yeah. get it. Yep, and and that's and that's that's important to understand that um, even you know abusive, abusive type individuals aren't abusive to everybody, mm -mm. and so you could you you could be shocked to find out you know like just what's going on behind closed doors because you might know this person and think man they're such a nice person man they 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 can quote scripture or they you know they 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 seem to be godly they seem to be involved in their church right because they're again it's that's the that's the confusing nature of hypocrisy. Because there's an outward portrayal that's very different than the private reality. And, um, you know, one of the things I saw when the Lord downloaded this to me is that it's really exactly the way that Satan operates. Like he operates through hypocrisy. Paul said that he, he portrays himself as an angel of light, right? So he, he transforms himself. He, he, he shows himself to look like an angel of light so that he can deceive. And that's hypocrisy. That's putting on a mask to hide the true intentions. Mm -hmm. His motivation is to destroy, but he doesn't come to you and say, hey, I want to destroy you, right? Because most people wouldn't go for that. So he comes with a deceptive mask. And so hypocrisy really is um, very satanic in nature. I mean, it's, it's how the enemy actually operates. It's how he deceives. And um, so it's, it's, it's very possible for a person to operate this way and uh, most people don't see it because most people see them with their mask on. And, and then behind closed doors, maybe the person they're abusing or controlling or manipulating, they, they see the mask off. They see both. They, they, they see mask on, mask off. And it's very confusing for people that are caught up in that type of a relationship or because they don't know who the person is. They don't know what to believe. They want to believe the best. They, they hope the best. And it just it causes a lot of confusion um, and, uh, damage to people who, who've Absolutely. been in, in situations like that. Well, you know, and what you'll do is you actually start blaming yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm just being critical. I'm yeah. just being this, yeah. I'm yeah. just being that. Yeah. Well, maybe it's me. Well, if I didn't do this, this wouldn't happen. You yeah. know, I mean, I came out of, I had an abusive boyfriend. And so one of the things that you talked about is that, you know, they constantly accuse you of, uh, of doing yeah. things yeah. that they're doing. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> I was constantly accused of doing stuff I wasn't doing. Yeah. Guess what? He was, <laughs> you know, and yeah. so there, there is that, but it's almost like, but they, but first the one way that I, I used to describe um, 
the pattern of abuse is that they they take a little pick and, and you, you know like if you have a wall that's holding back water they take a little pick and they pick 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 until a little hole pops out and the water comes out and there's that oh no the water's coming out and then they take their finger and stick it in mm-hmm. and they just hold that finger there because mm-hmm. they're holding back that water. But they're the ones who cause the damage. But they're holding back that water. So now you're looking at them like, oh, no, they're protecting me. They're yeah. they're con- yeah. they're help. But it's all control because the minute yeah. that you do something yeah. they don't like to do, they move that finger. And yeah. out comes the water. And then yeah. comes the panic. And then they yeah, stick the right. finger back in. Yeah. You know, well, and that's, that's kind of how I saw it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so false accusation is uh, one of the ways to get the attention off of your own. It's, it's, it's a way to deflect. You know, so Jesus was talking about hypocrisy, and he said that uh, in Matthew, I think maybe six or seven, but he said that um, that they have a plank in their own eye, but they're pointing at the speck in somebody else's eye. So if they can get the attention off of the plank in their own eye, then they're deflecting and they're pointing to the speck in the victim's eye, so to speak. And so, yeah, false accusation uh, is a huge, you know, a huge tactic. Uh, like you said, like if it's a, if it's a husband or a wife and it's like the husband might be accusing the wife of having an affair and it's the furthest thing from the truth and it's it's uh, it's it's, a, it's an irrational jealousy that's actually to isolate them and, and, and control them um or a sexual abuser might accuse the person of being a liar constantly accuse them of being a liar almost ingraining into their mind that they're a liar so that they have, they're not even sure am i is this am i you know so um it's 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 very dark i mean it's very very damaging well, you know, one of the things that um, that you kind of talked about is you also talked about the um, control. Mm-hmm. So when you were taught when somebody's trying to, you think they're trying to repent, but they're really not repenting or apologizing. They're actually just trying to manipulate you and control yeah. you yes. because now you have to accept yeah. the way that they want to come in. Yeah. And if yeah. you and if you have anything, uh, uh, you know, other than what they want, like okay. And we're, yeah. we're going to go right back. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. So I, think, I, I yeah. thought that was really good. That's a huge, yeah, that's so important because um, when a person, there, there, there's a difference between a person that has fallen into sin or, or, or even is in bondage to sin and needs freedom and deliverance than a person who's in hypocrisy. So that's, that's, that's important to understand. A, a person... If a person, you know, falls into sin and then they experience true repentance and they bring that to the light and they truly turn, that's one thing. But often what we'll see happen in situations of hypocrisy is that people will be confronted over time. They'll be living this double life for years and years and years. And only when it gets exposed, then they're apologizing because they're forced to. It's almost like they're just trying to save face or... Um, they're, 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 so like, again, King Saul is, is a great example when, when David cut the, the garment you know, cut the edge of his garment and said, Hey, look, I, I, I could have killed you, but I, I chose not to. Now Saul was backed into a corner because 3000 of his men saw this. They saw that, that David was more honorable and more righteous. And so really he had no choice, but to apologize. Um, and even if, even if he thought it, it was sincere, because I think what happens over time is that after making choices for a long period of time, it almost becomes second nature. You know, um, so 
manipulating, controlling, deceiving can almost become just like when a person becomes like pathological and lying. It's like it's like they actually start to believe that they're telling the truth when they're not because they've done it for so long. And so a person can get backed into a corner and so they have to apologize. But that just becomes more of a way to manipulate because then they're they're saying, OK, I I said I'm sorry. Now forget about it. I I said I'm sorry. Now, you know, you, you just have to forgive. You have to let go. And it's almost a way to avoid accountability and true repentance and true change. Well, you know, and that's the other thing, too, is we, I want to go back because you were kind of talking about the fruit. And, and I, I didn't want to forget that because it's really, really important that we become fruit inspectors. Mm. 2020, yeah. it, you yeah. know, you guys go out and go get yourself um, a nice little uh, magnifying glass and, and call yourself a fruit inspector. And you start examining the, yeah. the people that you're listening to and the fruit that they bring. Mm -hmm. because this is the thing just because something looks good. Look, I I've seen beautiful, beautiful apples, but guess what? I bit one and it poisoned me. I'm just saying. Yeah. So you got to be really, really careful about what you're looking at. You need to make sure that you taste it. You got to make sure that you examine it. You got to cut that puppy open and make sure there's no worms inside it. Like yeah. you really got to go in. You got to go in. You can't go by what's on Facebook. You can't go on what's on their uh, page. You got to go in and look at testimonies. How have people been transformed? That's what right. is the relationships that these people have? Are they long-term relationships? What do other people say about them that are in these types of relationships? Yeah. Is it the same? Are they all speaking the same language? Because yeah. that's also not safe either, because that means that that, that show is on. You yeah, know, you want right. to have a different type of relationship with every single person. God has different relationships with every single human being, every single one he has a different relationship with. Yeah. So, and we are created in his image. Each of our relationships are different. None of my relationships are the same, not one. But yeah. if everything started to look and sound the same, that would be a problem. That's, yeah, that's what great. I look for. That's great. That's great. And that's absolutely true. That's what Jesus told us to look for. Um, when, when he talked about, um, he said, beware of false prophets. He said, they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. Now, I would have never known to call that hypocrisy, but that's exactly what it is. Heck yeah. Because it's evil portraying itself as good, right? It's, it's an outward portrayal of being a sheep, but inwardly it's actually for the purpose of preying on God's people, of, of, of being a predator. And so, um, but Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit, by their fruit. And so even if there's gifts, even if there's power, even if there's um, good preaching, right? None of those things equate to long-term fruit. And I think, I, I think um, God is really highlighting this, this area of integrity because integrity is really the opposite of hypocrisy. Integrity means to be a whole person. It means you're the same on the inside as on the outside. You're the same in private as in public. You're not living a double-type double life. And um, I think I think we've sometimes we've elevated gifting so much and we've elevated maybe charisma and personality and uh, you know, the ability to grow a big crowd or any of those things that in themselves aren't aren't bad. Gifting is important. Gifting is good. Leadership is important. But if there's not integrity, then sometimes we've been too quick to elevate people or. Uh, look up to people when when the actual fruit is not there. So fruit doesn't lie. Words can be deceptive. 
That's right. Tactics can be deceptive. Manipulation can be deceptive, but fruit right. does not lie. And over time, if you're close enough to a situation, to a person over time, you'll begin to see what's the actual fruit that's being produced. Absolutely. And that's the other thing too, the, the longevity. Yes. Look at the person's longevity. Yeah. Because, you know, there are people who are, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to hate on people on Facebook, so please don't take it this way, but I'm just giving some, some tips. You know, there are people who come out of the woodwork and all of a sudden they're, they're you know, prophesying, they have this and they have that, but, you know, and they have all these followers, but you don't know that they've signed up to over 500 groups and that their entire life is spent on trying to promote themselves mm -hmm. and trying to put their name out there and they're doing all this work and and where is god in it yeah. because if you're that's one of the things that that the lord showed me too jake is that he showed me these platforms and i saw his hand with like a thor hammer like an anvil and i saw him and he smacked the braces and it went boom wow. it went it came down wow. and he said unless i built it it will not stand that's wow that's good yeah. yeah, because because people are getting hurt. I mean, this yeah. is the whole purpose of this. This is yes. not to sit here and to talk about our stuff. Exactly. It, this, right. this is about protecting the flock. That's right. This is that, about protecting people who might be new to Facebook, yes. who That's might right. be new to the prophetic movement, who are looking for, for different words and are looking and excited about the move of God that they're yeah. starting to experience. Yeah. But yeah. there has to be a safe place for you to go. There yeah. has to be a longevity. You have to know these people. That's why I'm so very grateful for, for, um, for Touch by Prayer because most of the people, not all the people, but most of the people that I have had on my show i know personally i i have had dinner with them i have had conversations with them i have their cell phone numbers i can call them yeah. there is fruit in that because i like to do relationships Amen. it's just who i am and if, yeah. if somebody wants to use me for their platform and, do, and doesn't want to have a relationship with me well that's okay too if you want to do that that's fine but that's not how i roll that's i great. like I like to do relationships because I figure I figure this way. We're going to be spending eternity together. Let's get to know each other now. That's good. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like really, you know. And and so there's there's something about um, this move that's going on, and and I'm not going to I'm not going to because there's things popping in my head, and I'm not going to go there. But what I will say is this: look at the fruit. Yeah. Look at what people are saying. You know, look at look at their life. I mean, people who truly know me, and that's the other thing I did want to say, Jake, is that as long as you have people you're accountable to, mm -hmm. you have to be accountable. If you have if you have any type of leadership, you have to be accountable yeah. to somebody. You yeah. can't just be the Lone Ranger. That yeah. just doesn't work. That's a that's a danger zone. Yeah. But exactly. if you have people around you who will call you out on your stuff. Then, then you're safe. Yeah. Because if you, if you just have yes people, right, you, you're you're gonna you're gonna get hurt. That's right. You're just yeah. gonna get hurt. So you have to have people who are willing to give you the hard words. Good. Yeah. Right. Very good. Yeah. So you know, so the other thing too that I wanted to talk about your book is your book also deals with okay, if this has happened to you. Mm -hmm. This is how we're, this is how you want to kind of get healed. So yes. you really talk about the healing process and I don't want you to go too much into it, but I want you yeah. to kind of 
give a little bit of bits and pieces about it. Yeah, absolutely. I have a whole chapter in the book on how to heal if you've been affected and wounded or abused through the effects of hypocrisy. Um, you know, I wanted to I wanted to offer that because I wanted the, it to be um, a place where people can can get healed. And so, um, there's a couple of key points I mentioned in there. One is just getting clarity. That's the first step. Is just getting clarity as to what you actually experienced and being able to put language to it. So getting clarity is huge. Sometimes that can be through learning or reading or talking to other people, getting counseling. All those things can be involved in that. Sometimes there's inner healing involved and just renewing of the mind over time. Uh, deliverance can be part of that. You know, when people have been abused and oppressed, a lot of times there can be a demonic uh, oppression that comes comes to try to keep them down. So uh, those are some of the things. And then often God will use healthy, godly, loving relationships as part of the healing process. So so just like we can be, you know, just like, you know, the the, the story of the Good Samaritan, right? So it was people that hurt the guy and almost killed him. And then it was a person that came and brought healing to him. And so just like we could be deeply hurt by people and through relationships, God will also use godly people, loving people, healthy people that are safe to, to bring healing. And so, um, again, you want to make sure those are safe people that as you begin to open up to, that they are safe and they're healthy. Um, but often God will bring about those kind of relationships. So it's it's often a combination of factors that, that that healing journey happens in, and it happens over time. It's a process of time, but trusting Jesus and looking to him that he is, he's your shepherd, he's your healer, he's the one that's going to walk you through that process, he's going to bring the right people and the right materials and, and um, you know, truth to you, um, and just trusting him that, that, um, that he's going to walk you through that and not allowing your heart to be bitter not in a lot, you know, um, being, being willing to extend forgiveness, you know, even as you might have to maintain boundaries, but you can extend forgiveness from your heart and you can let go of anger and resentment and bitterness and you can walk that journey out. But as you do that, just knowing that Jesus, he's the one who is going to walk you through that and not allowing your lens of God to be um, hindered or, or misrepresented because of being hurt by people that maybe were representing God. And, and just, you know, just allowing that renewing of the mind to happen through time. And so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a real important part of this is that there is healing. There is restoration for those that have been hurt through these types of situations, that there is restoration, there's freedom, there's hope, there's purpose for you as you walk that out. And, and God will redeem, God will redeem those things. Absolutely. And the other thing too, is anything that you have um, overcome, you now have authority to help other people overcome. That's right. So every type of trial and every type of tribulation that you've gone through, even though it's been hard and it's been sometimes really awful and you wish you, you didn't do it, when you come outside of it, you're grateful for it. Yeah. That's like, that's like a surprising thing to say. It's like when you actually go through something and you overcome it and you come out on the other side, you're actually grateful for it because each of the things that have happened in my life, I'm grateful because I can minister to somebody in this situation. I can minister to them mm. with an abusive boyfriend or somebody who's, yeah. who's abusive towards them because yeah. I've been there. So yeah. it's not like, oh, I, I kind of understand. No, I totally understand. Yeah. So there's, so God can use you. So don't think that your story is done just because you've been, right. you know, been deceived. Good. God will use you for the things. And the other thing too is um, for those who have 
have been wounded or God's been like dealing with you. I just kept hearing this as you were talking, Jake. I just kept hearing the Lord saying, submit to the process. And you actually talked about that in the book. Yeah. That if that if as you're reading this book, you start to see some things that you're like, wait a second, I think that might be, I might have done that. I didn't mean to do that, but I think I might have done that. You know, let God take you through that process. Submit to the process. You know, we we don't ever like to think of, oh, we have to go to the, you know, the we have to go be crucified with Jesus. There is something beautiful in the crucifixion because yeah. after the crucifixion comes the resurrection. That's right. And you come out different. You come out so different. You might have a scar or two, but that's just showing that God took you through it. Because, you know, unlike with, with, when Jesus went through the crucifixion, he went through it alone. When we go through the crucifixion, we go through it with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful process. So, you know, just surrender yourself, submit yourself to the Lord and ask him And where David says in the Psalms, it says, search me, O Lord, and show me my iniquities. Show me my hurts. Show me my wounds. Show me my stuff. Because God is looking like you were saying, Jake, he's looking for vessels that are willing to be cleaned out so that he can pour into them. Yeah, that's right. Very good. Yeah. You know, so I, and I, I just, I really do. I loved, I loved the book. It was, it was a really, really quick read, which was great. But, you know, after you read it, you go, wait a second, I want to go back. <laughs> wait, let me go get my highlighter. <laughs> let me, let me go. I might need to go get scissors and cut this out and stick it on my window, on my mirror so I can see it every morning, you know, because there were so many really incredible tidbits in it that really kind of spoke, especially because as we're, Heading into this season, and I and I hate to say this, but it really is the uncovering, because this stuff has to be before the harvest can come in. Yes. You got to find out who your workers are. That is that's that's one hundred percent right. Um, because we all want to see the harvest, but this is a necessary part of the preparation. There has to be a that's cleansing. Right. There has to that's be right. a cleansing so that the harvest can come in a healthy way. To the yeah, exactly. That's that's right on. And, you know, it's funny because I keep seeing that we're in we're in the John the Baptist season right now. Mm. Before Jesus came on, yeah. John the Baptist was like, repent, 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 clean yourself, repent, repent, repent. That's where we are right now. Yeah. So then afterwards, when Jesus comes, when when the full manifestation of what, what God wants to do on earth, because it's going to be big, it's going to be really big, it's exciting what's coming. Yeah. So, and those who have been getting glimpses and little shimmers and tastes of what God is showing them, they're like, we are on the edge of our seats and we understand the importance of going through this to be prepared because when the harvest comes, we have to be ready, equipped and fully functioning as yeah. one, not as 17 billion, not on our ministries, but on the yeah. he ministry. That's great. It's about, about just grab a bag and start grabbing people. You know, it's about like, get your poles. Let's go fishing. Come on. It's, it's not about, it's not about, I'm just going to catch all the fish in the world. No, <laughs> you get a pole. That's all you get. <laughs> that's great. Sorry. That's <laughs> Scott, I had to get, I just had to, I saw this fishing pole. I'm like, oh, that's good. <laughs> but Jake, you also have written some other books. So let me just talk about some of those other books because you have, the keys of deliverance, because you said that you were in the deliverance ministry, which mm -hmm. I think is, it's beautiful that God, after going through a deliverance ministry to give you this, you have a greater understanding that yeah. not everything is a demon. 
Yeah, for Sometimes sure. Sometimes it's just a bad choice. Yeah. So right. I, I think that that's really great. You also have, um, is it, uh, is it des destining for your destiny? Discovering your destiny. Oh, discovering. I'm sorry. I wrote destiny. Huh. Then you have restoring the ministry of Jesus. Can Christians have demons and abiding in the vine? Yes. Those are good. Abiding in the vine. I like that. Yeah. Have you done a podcast on that yet? I So the podcast I do is called Keys for Deliverance, and it specifically zones in on that one topic. Okay. And every week I do a different um, facet of, of deliverance and a different teaching on it. Yeah, so... But, you need um, to come back on my show. We need to talk about abiding in the vine. That that I don't even know what it's about, but I saw and I went. We need to talk about this. This is good. Yeah. Well, that one was written. That one was written uh, several years ago, and it really it was a. Uh, um, it's almost it's almost like a devotional. Mm -hmm. uh, I took forty short writings, two to four pages, and just mm -hmm. uh, just tried to try to put put together a uh, different categories of uh, spiritual growth in our walk with God, and just. Um, helping for yeah with our spiritual disciplines and just staying connected to the Lord. Well, yeah. see, but that's the whole thing that I'm seeing. It's the abiding, mm -hmm. because you know when you're abiding, you're together with a, a bunch of other people. You're not just solely by yourself. You're 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 in something. You're yeah. not just by yourself. And I feel like that's that's where we're kind of coming into is we're we're coming into this. Um, you know, we're not going by ourselves anymore. Like, yeah. you know, Jesus sent out the disciples in twos and yeah. that's what I'm seeing. It's like, because when you, when you have somebody else that you're partnering with, there's an accountability. You each are going to be accountable for each other. So you'd be like, dude, like, I don't know about that. Or, Hey, do, did you see that? You also have somebody who can see from the front, but somebody who can see from the back. It's, yes, it's, it's, good. it's, it's really, it's really a great way of ministering. And that's what I've been seeing. Things are starting to shift. And even like you could see the conferences, the conferences aren't just one person anymore. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch. Yes, that's right. That's right. Because that's where God is just really kind of pulling. He's pulling people together and connecting people together. But I don't know. I think that this abide in the vine, I think there, there might be more in that for you. I don't know why, but it's just popping out to me. Well, there might be something that God really wants you to, I don't know, write about or talk about, but it's okay. because you have such a gifting of, um, of teaching, Jake, you have such, and you have such a shepherd's heart. So, you know, you're not most, uh, most of the pastors, not, not big names, but a lot of pastors that are in churches really have the gifting of teacher mm -hmm. or they, or they're a pastor and they don't know how to teach, but you really have that, that whole thing. And you have that apostolic father's heart that really wants to help to nurture and to, to grow your um, community. You don't even like to call it a church. You, you don't actually call it a church. You call it it's threshold church, but um but I, I see that you it's like more of a community. It's more of a place where you guys come together and you kind of talk things out and share each other's heart. But yet you you try to be like, um, it's almost like a, a, a family uh, function, but you're the father and you're just helping to to uh, to equip and to help your uh, your family grow to do yeah. the, their purposes and, and for them to go into their calling. And yeah. so, um, so I don't know. I just feel like there's an, there's a book about abiding. I don't know if it's about abiding in the vine, but the word abiding, that's the thing that keeps popping, popping into my spirit. So yeah. It might be something, I don't know. I mean, Thank you. you can yeah. talk Thanks about it or, <laughs> or yeah. think about it, but it just really, it just really popped out because you understand what it is to abide. Yeah. You get that. So there's something, um, 
that God really just, um, he really is just, there's such a blessing on you. And there's such a, um, there is such a, a growth that you're about to go through. It's like you, the podcast is nothing. There is, you have more books in you, but but God is going to be leading you into some newer uh, ventures. There's some new connections that he's going to open up the door to. And I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know if it's TV. I don't know if you've ever thought about TV, but I see that there's something about like television or influencing television that God is going to start bringing you into because there's um there's something very creative inside of you that you've kind of, not that you've squashed it, but you've kind of put it on a back burner because you're doing ministry right now, but God's about to pull that out and he's about to kind of connect you with, um, with some new people where your creativity can start to be explored again. Amen. I receive that. Yeah. So, um, I don't know where that all came from, but it's all from him. So (laughs) I receive that. Thank you. Oh, good. Good. I'm glad. So, um, so if people want to get in, in touch with you, how would they get in touch with you? And and if they wanted to listen to your awesome um, podcast, yeah. um, please. Um, and that was, uh, I keep saying it's uh, it's charisma. It's not charisma. It's, um, uh, it's Destiny, Destiny. Destiny Image Podcast Network. But the best yeah. way, everything's on my website, which is just my name. So jakekale.com. Uh, that that has my articles, my books, my podcasts, sermons. I mean, just everything's kind of a, that's kind of a hub for all those things. So that, that's the best way for people to uh, find out more and uh, get in, get in contact. So yeah, it's just my name, jakekale.com. And it's got uh, all the books and the podcasts and everything else is on. But right he there. also he also does blogs. You definitely want to read those blogs. Those yeah. blogs are very very good. They, they're a nice, quick little read, but they have a lot of punch to them. A lot of power in those. Awesome. Thank you. So, Well, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. I appreciate being on the show. I love it. It's great. Absolutely. We'd love to have you come back. Let's, let's make it happen. It we'll make great. that happen. Absolutely. So thank you guys for tuning in. Welcome to year six of Touch by Prayer. Can you believe it? God is so good. And I'm super excited. I have so many different guests coming and God is just doing some new things and we're going to see what he has to do. And I just wanted to talk about like I changed, the Lord told me to change my my um the promotional page that I have. And he said, because we are going to be going mountaintop, we're going to have mountaintop experiences on touch by prayer where we're going to start to see him face to face. So that's, and that's a really encouraging thing for me because I'm all about the Moses experience. I'm like, heck yeah, let's go to the mountain. Let's go see some fire. So I hope that this has, um, I hope this has opened up some, uh, some conversation that you can have with your friends. You can share this with your friends. Also, you know, get his book. Where did I put it up? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Hypocrisy Exposed. You definitely want to get a copy of this. It's a great book. It's, um, like I said, it's uh, an easy book and, and there's some really great things to highlight. But if you have, um, have been hurt, you know, definitely one of the things that Jake talks about is to find a church that does some healing because that is definitely something that you might want to start with is some healing. So I hope that this has blessed you. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I will be back next week, I believe with Bishop Bill Hammond. (gasps) My goodness gracious, that's going to be a fun interview. I probably won't be doing a lot of talking. So you'll probably hear because he has a lot more important things to say. So I'm just going to kind to put it on uh, on go and I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the ride. So until next week, thank you guys for tuning in and just remember to go out and touch someone. Good night and God bless.
Thanks, Lisa.